The following content is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome, everyone. I am Marina Sprocky Spriggs, and I'm the host of Always Another Way podcast. I have a master's in professional counseling, and I am the Ippy award-winning author of Stop Looking for a Husband, Find the Love of Your Life, and Nasty Divorce, A Kid's Eye View. This podcast speaks to out-of-the-box thinkers, and it's for those who hear the call of hope in always another way. And if you are extremely rigid and set in your beliefs, then this probably isn't your cup of tea. However, you should note, taste can and do change. And today, um, I'm going to start out with a, a blooper story. Um, I was thinking about toxic people and drama again for today, and, and this came up. Um, so toxic people come in all kinds of places, and sometimes you can't escape them. And this was a time in my life, um, like in the late 90s, 1998, 1999, I was living in New York City in my late 20s and working at this, um, you know, internet software company. And at that time, you know, of course, everybody's super booming. I was an account manager and for really the whole sum of my time there, it was super fun. Everyone was very young. I think our CEO was maybe like 35 at the time. It was a casual but hardworking environment. And a lot of those people I'm still friends with today, which is super cool. But anyways, I was an account manager. We sold a software product. It was an ad serving software. And if you work in the IT industry, you're probably well aware of toxic environments. The um, sell the product we don't have, but we kind of have, but we'll fix it and we'll patch it. And that fire drill. Well, that was my first kind of foray into that. And truthfully, while it was a fun environment otherwise, it was very, very stressful, you know, dealing with customers calling and complaining because the stuff you have doesn't work and then we've got a Band-Aid patch it. So I have one of these clients. It's, it was a big, you know, a big account for us. And oftentimes you'd have to take these people out to, you know, lunch or dinner to talk to them. So this, the guy that's the lead on this project, I take him out to lunch. He wants to meet me. So we go to Layal, this nice, you know, French restaurant near my office. And as we sit down, you know, it begins with this man, like, grossly just oogling me. And you can tell when people are just, like, weirdly undressing you with your eyes, and it's pretty gross. And then he says to me, are you paying for this, or is your company? He's like, my company is. And he's like, great, I'm going to order the most expensive things on the menu. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, so as he orders the most expensive things and is just Googling me and asking me weird personal questions and then barraging a little bit about the software, we finally part ways. So this same dude calls me like 20 times a day. And I would say to him, mm, you know, I will call you back when we have that ready. And then 15 minutes later, he calls again. So this goes on. Finally, uh, you know, I call, we had a, um, our tech office was in Pennsylvania. So I call one of our guys there. I'm like, could you please talk to this dude? He is like going nuts. You know, I can't solve him. Could you give him something? So he's like, yeah, I'll do it. So we kind of three-way conference call in. My tech guy calls this guy and then comes back to me. Well, then 
I say, I'm like, that little fuck. I'm like, he's just oogling me. He's so gross. I'm like, that fucking guy. I'm just throwing F-bombs. He's calling me and just on and on. And he's just this, 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 this. And then beep, press one to send your message. <gasps> and then, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then message sent. So like collective. Oh, my God. <laughs> Overwhelms me of, uh, hmm. Like, is this guy going to listen to this? Uh, should I tell my boss now? Later, wait. Um, you know, what do you do? Anyways, I sweated it out. Nothing ever happened. But that being said, if you think that drama is just for theater, TV, and the movies, well, you know it's not because you've been around life. And I've had two previous podcasts that I've been talking about high conflict and toxic people. And, um, you know, they're hits because if you live in this world, maybe you grew up with them, maybe you work with them, or maybe friends turn that way. And there's no manual from childhood on how to deal with toxic people because a lot of toxic people aren't 100% toxic. They're pretty nice, like maybe 80% of the time, but the 20%, 10%, 5%, whatever, is extremely toxic. And um, so um, I'm going to talk about something that happened to me personally, but before I throw anybody under the bus, and myself included, um, I want to talk about what drama is. So when I'm talking about drama in this way, I'm talking about the inability to back down when challenged, especially when the challenger is irrational. So, you know, Facebook might be a place for that. And I definitely got my share of like Facebook fights of like fighting the irrational. And then just because I wanted to like get down on some drama, dumb. But, you know, at some point in my life, I felt like an urge calling me to please post this shit and, you know, start a fire. Um, so drama also starts fights, sees problems where there are none, and makes mountains out of molehills. And this behavior is usually driven by low self-esteem and people that have an external locus of control, which are those people, if you don't know about locus of control, the internal and external. So people with an internal locus of control are ones that say, okay, I could probably... Things are probably my fault and I can handle things myself. The people with the external locus of control are those people where everything is somebody else's problem, someone else is to blame, and that outside influences, just everything's affecting them, they can't affect anything. And dramas for people who have not recovered from their past wounds may tend to, with things loaded on them, kind of stir up drama. So what do you do with all this? And what are some, I guess I want to give a live example of, you know, one that just isn't screaming big fights. And sorry, I'm going to jump to get where I'm going to this. But just recently, I was talking to a friend about situations of people that we were dealing with. And um, she was saying, you know what, women, and men do this too, don't talk about especially like family drama. Because, you know, we're, it's a tribe. You know, people are close-knit to their family members no matter how they are. And you might probably know this, you know, like if you could say something bad about your family member. But if I did, you know, watch out. 
That's an unwritten rule that most people know. But even that being said, we will defend horrible family members because, you know, millions of reasons. History, family, you know them. They're not all bad. You've seen the good side. You might know they're wounded. But where is this? And this is where this fine line comes where it really is a huge emotional cost or actually it's emotional and physical on you. Because maintaining toxic relationships, be they family, work, or otherwise, will slowly kill you. It'll start with your mind kind of making you crazy, second judging yourself, making you angry, get into fights. But then the chronic inflammation sets in and bad things happen. So um, I stumbled upon this article yesterday that kind of brings it all together. It was from Science Alert in May 2018. So it's a recent May 3rd article. It was titled, A Neuroscientist Reveals the Most Important Choice You Can Make in Life. So of course, when you're reading that, you're like, must know this most, most important choice. And according to Dr. Moran Cerf, and I might be mispronouncing that, he's French, but he's a neuroscientist at Northwestern University who has been studying decision-making for over a decade, says the surest way to maximize happiness has nothing to do with experiences, material goods, or personal philosophy. Hmm. He said, it is all about who you decide to spend time with. And it's not just advice to choose your friends carefully. His neuroscience research has found that when two people are in each other's company, their brain waves will begin to look nearly identical. In one study of moviegoers, for instance, found that the most engaging trailers all produced similar patterns in people's brains, right? And that's like real science, super smart guy proven. So if you wanna just take all the work that he's done in the knowledge of that, so it's the people, not anything else that matters. And what I like to do and what I consider another way is trusting yourself. So taking things like research like this, where it's been proven, but also say, let me see if that matches up in my own life. And maybe you wanna do this live now. But look back around times when you feel more depressed, anxious, and you're swimming in cycles of drama and toxicity. Who are the players? Is there a common denominator with these players? Does the situation change when you're not around these players? Okay, so you, you can know that. And I can tell you definitively, I was in an abusive relationship in my 20s. And just being around something like that, of course, depressed, anxious, just in a spiral of this stuff, thinking it's me, like, maybe I need antidepressants, maybe I need this. Maybe you're with an asshole. So leave that person and I'm miraculously well. My quality of life improves yet nothing changed. My financial situation didn't change. My um, nothing changed but the environment I was in. Likewise, was super poor in college. Like, I mean, I'm sure there are people poorer than me, but you know, paid my own rent. We lived in kind of rat traps, six girls, my grandfather was afraid to go in there. 
because it was dirty and people thought that men lived there. So kind of like that environment, but, uh, you know, and we didn't have a lot of money. So uh, during the winter time, we couldn't pay our heating bill. We had like plastic on the windows and we're sitting in our winter coats and sleeping bags. But we had so much fun and it was really, really a good time. Uh, all that environment. And it was still college and stress and this drama, but the people I was with made the difference. So what do you do if you're looking back on your life and you notice these similar kind of things? But let's say somebody's your family or you work somewhere and it's not, you know, as easy as it sounds to break away from that. And I know because I had a family, multiple family members, I guess, one particularly that I had a hard time with, uh, you know, really battling. And if you battle people, um, that would be a signal to you. There's something going on there. And I'm not just talking about like, okay, friendships for a long time. We get into, you know, a little argument. But when if you're just like communicating with somebody and it's really hard, that would also be a signal to you that something's wrong. So battled with this person for a while and then didn't think I had a choice until I was 31 to say, yeah, no, thank you. I do not want to be in this environment anymore. A lot of people don't know they have that. So, but, but I mean, it's, it's hard. Ask anyone who has to break up with a family member who's toxic, how easy that is, because it's not. Because that toxic member, when you start putting up boundaries, doesn't like it and will fight back. And you have to get to a point. So this other one that I'm gonna weave in just happened to me a couple nights ago. A three-way text message between me and two family members. It's kind of like, you know, starts out nice, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everything's well and then, shh. Hey, Marina, I hear you're going on a trip. Hey, Marie. And then this like blah, 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 bullshit of like, you did that from like 15 years ago. I did this and I want this and I didn't come here and like somebody drunk. Okay. But anyways, so, uh, I could have, because of course I'm looking at my husband next to me. I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, this isn't true. This isn't true. This isn't true. How you would do. But over the years, or maybe actually recently, like call it in the past six months. I've had a change of how I react to people who are like this inflammatory, hostile, and abusive. Uh, I'm not saying it didn't like get my goat for a second, but then I could just look at that and step back and be like, man, that's a troubled soul there who obviously has a lot of pent-up anger, some of it delusional, on them. But what would, you know, all the, what could I do? I could call that person and just bitch him out just the same. I could write back my rebuttal because I got a rebuttal and some of those things weren't true. I could do that. Uh, or what I've done lately is just ignore it because nothing good is going to come from that. And it's maybe taken me like 45 years to realize that I don't have to engage with people that I don't want to engage with. And um, I know there's a lot of other people out there that think that you have to engage with somebody because they're a family member or a coworker, but you don't. 
I mean, you really, really, really don't. And if you grew up in an environment that was hostile, that can ruin a lot of people in thinking, you know, break down their boundaries that they don't even know they can stand up. And so they unwittingly become victims of other toxic people. And I know because I, I found myself in that relationship in my 20s. And then when I finally got out, I was like, I'm not going near this shit again. Um, in fact, I had a, a little saying that was, um, if I want to get shit on, I'll stick my head under a dog's ass. Otherwise, I don't need it from a person. So I was like riding that slogan for a while. And then I don't know what happened. I, you know, get into this work environment of somebody who maybe I know is a little, a little different, shall we say? Well, no, toxic and crazy. <laughs> and as this went down, I just didn't realize, oh my gosh, I got sucked into it. And then I fell again into this anxiety, depression spiral. Whoa, which takes a minute to recover from. So if you're in any of these from somebody crazy and toxic, I want to introduce you to boundaries. Boundaries are invisible and they're free and you can set them up anytime. Some of them are called no and some of them are just no contact. So in the case like my drama text message from the other night, just sometimes there's nothing you can say to somebody that has problems that maybe seem directed at you but really aren't about you. So, uh, yeah, don't say anything to those people. If you're in a toxic work environment, and you know what that is too, when you just dread going into work, somebody's yelling, screaming, and not like fires like something's interesting. You know, sometimes that happens, but like toxic, you know what I'm talking about. Let your fingers do the walking, and I'm going to post a link to uh, the Dr. Surf's study that would influence you to maybe do that. If you're looking to be happy and have personal satisfaction in your life, the one thing scientifically proven is who you surround yourself with. You do have control over that. So another thing you can do before you put up your 50-foot drama-free zone, force field around yourself. You can install that at any time too is a little observation meditation. And when somebody gets your goat and you get that feeling like, I must defend myself and respond because, you know, they've said untruths or are attacking my reputation, whatever, just observe. Take a few really nice breaths and look at it again and don't respond. If it's not going to make your life better, and you probably know deep down it is not going to change that person, tick-tock, moving on. So that's all I've got to say for today on that. And you know that there is always another way.